Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Everybody. My name is Tom Buller, and I'm really excited to spend some time with you wherever you are, uh, whether you're listening in the car, in an archive, or you're joining us live on one of our streams. Um, I'm just really excited that you uh, continue to invest in yourself and pour into yourself. That's going to be the difference. Uh, you know, personal growth, personal growth as a leader um, is, is uh, critical. And so you, you can never stop growing. In fact, you know, somebody asked me uh, earlier, uh, um, you know, hey, what would you tell someone who, who doesn't value uh, personal growth? And what I would say to that person is that, well, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So every single day, you should be doing something as a leader, whether it's, um, you know, reading a book, listening to podcasts, uh, journaling, reflecting, asking questions, spending time with mentors, whatever it may be, not a day should go by that you don't intentionally grow yourself. So I'm just really excited that you're part of this book study. I know it's a holiday, um, it's Labor Day, but Labor Day can't be enjoyable uh, if you're not, if you're not uh, creating or developing and recruiting leaders. And that's what this you know, chapter is all about. So just, you know, just to kind of recap, you know, last week we talked a lot about uh, the why do we do this, we, you, know, you know, the importance of uh, developing leaders. And, and, you know, so of course we're uh, studying John, uh, John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leaders Around You. And so let me just pull just a couple of those notes, you know, you, you know back out about why, why is it important, right? Why is it important that we are developing the leaders around you, right? So first, which I've already talked about, it's critical that you develop your ability to lead because that's going to always determine your success, okay? So your ability to, to grow your own leadership capacity uh, and to improve yourself and then, you know, specifically helping the people around you lead. And so what we're going to talk about a lot uh, tonight is, you know, where to find leaders, you know, how to get them, what to do with them once you got them. But it's really critical to understand this point is that your success, your success as a leader will be determined by those that you surround yourself with, right? Those ones that are directly, that you directly surround yourself with. And, and so it's the, it's the law, you know, it's the law of explosive growth. When you, you know, when you grow you, and then and you, you know, find that top 20, 25% of your people to grow. And you're each day pouring into them, right? Like we've talked about that 80% of your day needs to be spent developing other leaders. I mean, you're, you're multiplying leadership. And the mistake that we had, you know, talked about a lot last week 
one that I've made many times is, is that, you know, I spend the majority of my time with the bottom tiered leaders. And what I'm here to tell you is that's, that's, that's wrong. You need to spend your time with the top 20% of your leaders. So if you're spending 60 to 80% of your day teaching adults how to lead and how to be better adults, then you're, you know, teaching them how to work with that next layer of uh, leaders, right? So if they're your C-level leaders, um, that they're you know, pouring in uh, to them and they're, you know, um, addressing problems, handling, you know, small level decisions for you, just taking things off of your plate so then you can focus on those most important things. And, you know, this is where, this is where the trouble happens in, in you know, charter schools especially are you know smaller learning organizations is that this the organization you know becomes principal dependent right everybody's uh, dependent upon one or two people to make all the decisions and to solve all the problems and to create all the strategy and that's that's not healthy that's not healthy so as a leader your time is going to be better spent not solving problems not creating strategy it's developing other leaders and so this is something that you need to learn how to do. It's not something that comes natural to us because, you know, we're in this position because we're great producers, right? We've, we've done a good job of producing results. As a result, we got uh, promoted, uh, uh, you know, to that next level. We kept on getting promoted until we were no longer, um, we were just like cats, right? That's that, that's that, that's that leadership that we talked about. So, that was a lot of last week. Go back and listen to the archive. You can find it uh, right there on the Principal's Office podcast, uh, or you can also find it uh, archived in our School Leadership Made Real Simple Facebook community and on our Leaders Building Leaders Facebook page. There's lots of places you'll be able to find last week's, last week's um, archive. So if you've got your study guide ahead of you, in front of you, there's just a couple of key aspects that I want to hit, you know, and then, and then we'll uh, move forward. If there's any you know, questions, you can put them in the, in the comment box. I'll be following along there. Mm -hmm. So um, here, you know, let me just start here, you know, by saying something I learned from Todd, from Todd Whitaker. And Whitaker said that, he said that, um, Todd Whitaker, and Whitaker said that, he said that A-level leaders, sorry, I was listening to myself, A-level A leaders, <laughs> hire A-level A people, and B-level leaders hire C-level people, right? Or they'll never hire somebody above their leadership skill. And that was really interesting when I first saw that. I didn't necessarily understand that, right? Until I started to pay really, really close attention to some of the organizations that I was helping. And I was watching the principal and observing the principal and getting a better understanding of their hiring process, of their training process, of their uh, development process. And I really started to see it. And I started to, you know, when I did my uh, dissertation on the characteristics of effective schools, you know, I, I started to think about, okay, what made those leaders so effective, right, to lead those effective schools? And a big part of what that kept on coming out is the people that they surrounded themselves with. And I'm like, all right, so I'm spending a lot of my time as a consultant in these underperforming schools, in these schools that are really, you know, struggling at times. You know, some might have been, you know, struggling academically, um, some just, you know, operationally. Um, 
you know, sometimes it's both. And I just started to look at the principal like, oh my gosh, like Whitaker was right. Like they, they, they are good producers, right? They're B-level leaders, but they're not necessarily hiring the most effective people. And so I really started to, you know, wonder like, well, why is that, right? And we talked about the law of magnetism last week, how, how you, know, you, you know, you don't get what you want. You, you know, you get who you are. So as an organization, you're going to attract those types of people, right? Because if, you, if you've got a bunch of, you know, five out of 10, you know, teachers, you know, like they're, they're a five out of 10 in their skill set, they're not going to recruit eights and nines to your building. I mean, your building's not going to recruit eights and nines because your building's not an eight or a nine. It's the law of magnetism. You are who you attract. So if you want to improve your organization, the first thing you have to do is, one, improve yourself and improve your reputation of your organization, right? And that's the hard part, right? Because you're like, well, gosh, I want to get better, but I can't get anybody to apply, right? Or I can't get anybody to stay. And that's where you have to take a it's a law of the mirror. You have to take a look in the mirror and be like, okay, what is going on? Is this, is this, is this a me problem? You know, like what, what is really happening? Am I the cause of this, of this issue? And it took me all the way back to um, 2010 when I was, when I was a charter school director. And I remember our um, head of school, uh, we, you know, we were going through resumes and there was like this resume conversation and, you know, there was a lot of people that had some great, you know, skills, but it seemed like they were job hopping, right? They were, you know, bouncing from job to job. And I distinctly re re remember the head of school saying, I don't even want to interview that person because I don't think they're going to stay here very long. Now, give me a yes in the chat box if you've heard that before, or you, maybe you've even thought that, right? And so, you know, being someone who didn't hire a lot of people at the time, I was new in the job, I was like, oh, you know, okay, that, that, that makes sense. And I started to look at my own resume and I was like, well, shoot, I haven't stayed in a job more than two or three years. Does that mean that that's why some, you know, some people wouldn't hire me? Is that the case? And then, so I just really started to, you know, uh, you know think about that moment. And then also in comparison, to someone who I consider a mentor, Joy Warner. And she, Joy is the uh, founder and head of school at Community School of Davidson. And so here's a, um, a school that has a wait list of almost 5,000 students. It's been one of the highest performing schools in, you know, in its area. It's a charter school at K-12 that serves all populations. It has college prep, but it also has occupational course of study, right? I mean, it's, it's, it, it serves all children at the highest level. And I remember distinctly, because as you know, they were part of my dissertation study, is that Joy had talked about that sometimes college professors would take a sabbatical, right, or leave of absence from their job or some high level employee just to get their kid into the school. Because in North Carolina, you know, we have a preference that if you have an employee's, you know, child that they're, that, you know, that they're eligible as long as there are openings that they, you know, they have a preference. And I, and I recall Joy saying to me, she said, well, I know that they're really just kind of in a sense using our organization to get their child in here. But what I'm going to do, because they would take like a low level, you know, like a teacher assistant position or, you know, just, you know, something that was a, um, you know, a drop in their overall position and their salary. 
And she said, I'm going, I'm going to utilize that person at the highest level. I'm going to make sure that they teach every adult in my building about biology or whatever it was, right? Whatever their skill set was. I was like, wow, what a difference in the thought. Here's Joy, right? Who's this amazing leader and just a great human being. If you if you've never met Joy, you know, check out the community school of Davidson. They run an annual conference every year called Fresh Take. It's amazing. You, you know, you need to go. It's in January typically. Um, it's a, it's a conference put on by teachers for teachers. It's just amazing. Anyway, so joy. So here's Joy's mindset, right? I'm going to utilize this person. Maybe they'll end up staying. I don't know, but I'm going to pour into them and have them pour into my team. Versus the other organization I worked with was like, no, we're not even going to interview that person because we don't think that they're going to stay. It's almost like it's almost like the same thing when organizations are are afraid to um, invest in their people to pay a lot for professional development because they're going to afraid that they're going to leave, right? <laughs> and one of the things you have to be thinking about is that, well, gosh, I mean, if if you don't invest in your good people, they're they're going to leave. They're going to find an organization that will invest in them, and the only people you're going to have left are the untrained, right? <laughs> untrained and unmotivated. You need to be thinking about that. I mean, and so as I was reading through this chapter three, and you know, John taking us through these, you know, uh, these five A assessments, and we'll, you know, they're on page eleven of your study guide. If you have a study guide, if you don't have one, I put the link um, in the comments, and uh, you can uh, go and download. But getting really clear about knowing what you want this person to do, right? and who they are, right? So values, skill sets, you know, you know, strengths, how you can best utilize their talents is going to really, really um, help you get to that next level, right? So uh, I'll send this out, but maybe some of you have access to our hiring uh, program. And, and so in this hiring program, it's a behavioral-based model, but in that I put 16 steps and a lot of the steps are aligned to what John is talking about here in this uh, chapter about this hiring and recruitment, right? it's getting really clear on, on who it is you want to work for your organization, like what, what type of person, values, mission-driven, um, high levels of capacity, resilient, and then what specific skill sets will they do when they, you know, when they are there. And the other thing that I really just, you know, wanted to hit on is that, um, you know, you need to commit to hiring giants. <laughs> I just love that quote that was in there. You know, hiring or recruiting, hiring and developing giants. Like you can't be afraid to hire people that are better than you. Excuse me, let me get my water. You know, you can't, you can't be afraid to uh, do that. And as I mentioned earlier, A-level leaders hire A-level people. And B-level leaders hire C-level people. So what are you doing? Are you, I mean, do you feel intimidated by bringing someone in who's more qualified and skilled? I mean, that's something we all got to check, right? You know, as John told us last week in his, in the uh, Maxwell conference, the first thing that my biggest takeaway is you got to get over yourself, Tom. If you want to be good, if you want to be great, if you want to make a significant impact, you have to get over yourself. So, um, all right. So 
You never stop recruiting. Your recruiting process should be 12 months long. Your personal development for yourself should be 12 months long. Your personal and professional development for your people should be 12 months long. It should never, never end. Um, right. So you should have this internal training development already or this training program set up. And, you know, everybody who's worked in my organization uh, um, over the last uh, seven years has been a John Maxwell uh, certified coach. And so, like, you know, our you know, uh, training is you go down and you spend three days with John and his team and you're learning how to be an effective coach, how to be, uh, to be an effective speaker, how to how to run a business, right, or how to grow a team, or how to grow a new organization, how to use the dispersonality profiles. And then, and then five days a week, there is a call. There's a call that you can get on where it's a learning call, but it's also a mentoring call. So you can hop in and you can ask questions and you can you know, get advice from you know, people who are more successful than you. And then obviously you have access to, to uh, um, it's about 25 of John's 80 some books. <laughs> where you're, you know, learning, you know, from John, like why he wrote certain parts of the book or what they mean. So in a lot of the content that, you know, we have, like what you're going through, like this uh, study guide was uh, created by John's uh, team, John's uh, teaching team. And so, you know, when he, when he writes a book, there's a team of individuals around the researching. So, you know, we have access to all that content and material. So, so there's a continuous professional development plan. And then, you know, our team goes through lots of other uh, trainings as uh, well, because we have to be, um, you know, better in, in uh, school improvement. So we, uh, funny, we uh, uh, follow uh, thought leaders like Ty Whitaker and Michael Schmoker um, and, and, you know, uh, some others. And then um, other big thought leaders, Patrick Lanchoni and other folks and and so we're constantly constantly growing constantly listening and um you know we spend uh, uh somewhere between 10 we'll probably be over twenty thousand this year in professional development just for our small business alone there's only th three of us <laughs> twenty thousand dollars i mean it's a it's a critical critical piece of what we're trying to do we're trying to grow ourselves so we can make a greater impact right but that's a that's a continuous uh, you know, plan that uh, we have in place. So what do you have in place, right? That's a big part of what John's asking you in this uh, chapter is what do you have in place? And then once you have something in place, right, wh who are you, who are you continuously, um, you know, looking at, right? What, what, you know, specific skill sets uh, do they have? So um, in this, in this, in this assessment, right? So we've already talked a little bit about these five A's. This is on page 11 of your study guide. I'm not sure the exact page in your, in your textbook, but it's in chapter three. So hiring needs to be done strategically. Once you've made your choice, you're committed to that person, right? You are committed. So your commitment goes more than just to hire. It's to equip them. It's to train them. It's to, it's to care for them. It's to, it's to be responsible to them, but not for them. There's a big difference between the two. You're responsible to your hires, well, not for your hire. So you can't force them to change. You can't force them to grow. But your job is to build the structure to do that. So that's what our uh, company did. We used the John Maxwell team, you know, uh, training program, the Maxwell method of coaching, speaking, training um, to to you know train all of our all of our consultants on our team and all of our folks. So these uh, five days that John uh, talks about, 
take an inventory of who you're looking to hire or advance. So there's an assessment of needs. What roles do your organization need to fill? The assets on hand, who is available already in your organization? The ability of candidates, who is able or capable of fulfilling this role? The attitude of candidates, who is willing and the accomplishment of, of the candidates? Who gets things done? So you need to make sure that your hiring process, and that's what we built that you know 16 step hiring process, it takes you through a behavioral based hiring uh, you know, model to make sure that you do these things, that you assess like, what do we truly need of this organization? Um, who's currently available in your organization to maybe do this? And what are their you know, skills or are you know, a candidate pool? And we take you know, people through multiple steps of our hiring process where they'll actually do they'll actually do what they're going to be hired to do in the hiring process. And that way we can determine whether or not they have the capacity to learn how to do it, or they can already do it. That's an important part. And if your hiring process doesn't align to the job, then you need to start there. You need to really, really be thinking about uh, your hiring process. But what, but what um, this, this, this law here, right? So this, Oh, and then there was that um, in the book, you can download it too. It's in our Google Drive, the assessment of the current leadership quality. So that's, it's you know, 25 questions and you can do a self-assessment, right? You can do an assessment of those, you know, folks, there's 25 or, or, you know, if they already work in your organization, it'll be easy, um, right? But you can take those 25 uh, questions as part of your hiring process and make sure that, that you know, your folks are meeting uh, those skills. So I just like this, this law of uh, diminishing expertise, the leader's uh, dilemma, it says that this you know, marketing expert uh, put out that, that the idea is leaders tend to hire people whose ability and expertise are beneath their own. And as a result, when their organization grows and more people are hired, the people with low expertise far exceed the leaders who have great expertise. Right? Over time, the lack of great leadership skills limits the company's growth to average at best, which fosters mediocrity. It's the law of the lid. It's a big piece of it, right? So here I am at the top of this organization. I've already done this. And I have hired uh, people that had lower leadership uh, capacity and were not able to do the skills that I needed. And we, met, we didn't go anywhere. We are a, a frustrated, um, you know, good organization, but not great organization. And the, I did the same thing as a principal. So, I mean, so you, you have to be able to develop a system and a framework to hire great uh, leaders. So how do you combat that? Again, you make hiring the responsibility of a highly developed leader. I'm not always the best person to be on the hiring team because I can see the best in pretty much anybody, but I am a good judge of character. I'm a good judge of, 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 uh, of uh, response to, and, you know, you know, to see if they could really do it. Um, those are some things that I would be really good at at the, at the hiring process. Uh, you know, the second bullet is hire, recruit the most highly developed leaders you can. One great person will always outproduce and outperform two mediocre ones. So like, well, we just can't afford, but gosh, we could pay two people to do it. Like, no, 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 no. Pay, pay the people for what the job is. <laughs> hire the best person and pay them. Who cares if they make more than you if they do the job? Great employees are free. And uh, commit to modeling leadership. So this is where you're creating a leadership culture in your organization. You're having it a continuous uh, leadership training program going on and on and on um, to uh, create better results and uh, commit to uh, developing those, those around you.
So on page 12 here of your uh, study guide, these, these 10 areas, right? Character, influence, a positive attitude, people skills, gifts that are evident, a proven track record, confidence, self-discipline, excellent communication skills, and discontent with the status quo. Like those, those 10 qualities look for in a leader right there in your chapter 10 or uh, page 12 of your uh, study guide. I mean, these are, these are the 10 that you should line up in your organization. These could be, I'm not saying adopt these core values, right? But these are 10, maybe like a template of what your core values could be around your hiring. And then you, you define each one. Like what does, what, what does excellent character look like at the Integrity Academy? What does a person of influence look like? What do they do, right? What is a positive attitude? I mean, you start to write these things down and start to measure people based on these 10, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in an amazing shape six months, 12 months, 18 months from now, because now you have a set plan in place to not only do your professional uh, development, but your hiring and all of your decision-making um, and your evaluation and your uh, feedback, okay? So how do we apply chapter three in our lives, right? So one, we gotta take inventory, okay? We gotta take, take, take inventory of who do we, who do we have? Who's here, right? Who's our top 20%, okay? And then what do we need? What are, what are still, you know, some areas? And, and, and one area that I see charter schools do a lot is that they'll just give someone a task because maybe they've done it in the past or they'll just hire somebody blindly and they'll just, you know, settle for somebody. And this, and this, and this is bad business. <laughs> this, is, this is bad leadership. I know that you want to get this task off your plate and you're going to be feeling so much better when you hire someone to really help. But if you don't have clarity in what that person's going to do, you're going to end up doing the work. I'm telling you, I see it. I see it every year. You know, people get really excited because they're able to hire someone, but they don't have clarity in the position. They just Google a job description or they email me, hey, Tom, you have a job description for an assistant principal or instructional coach yeah but that should only be at best your template you've got to get really clear and what is it that we need and what is it that we have then you're going to write and post a job description and here's one thing i would think about as you're writing out the job description you want to write it as more about key result areas right? what are the desired outcomes right what would winning look like in your organization and so what skill sets, right, or what experiences should the person have, true experiences, tangible experiences, that they can actually explain to you in an interview or show you that they've done it, right? Really, really important piece. And as you're posting the job description, get, don't just drop it in the first place. Think about, hey, who's our best employees? Where do we get them from? How, how did they get here? How did they hear about our job? And that's a big part of this process is, is going to your top you know, people and, and getting clear about where did they come from? Where did we hire them from? And then mimicking that uh, process over and over again so you can continue to get really great people in your organization. So don't settle for mediocrity, right? Now that you know how important great leaders are to the uh, success of your organization, right? You're not looking for people whose skill sets are less than yours. Those are followers. You're looking for people who excel at what they do and have the potential to go even higher. 
There's no success without succession. And a big part of your job is that, right? So get the job opening out there, wherever it's, you know, LinkedIn, Indeed. Um, in North Carolina, we have a teacher match page. Check with your local like association. In North Carolina, our own association will post a job. Get it in the hands of your, of your top leaders, of your top you know, parents, right? And get really clear about what, what, what you want. And make sure that your interview process and your assessment process of, of the candidates align, <laughs> align to the job, right? Behavioral-based. And if you don't have our, uh, our behavioral-based interview question set, email me. I think it's you know, $20 and it's 120 uh, behavioral-based interview questions in our, our entire hiring kit. Uh, that you know you could have you can get it tom tom at lbleaders.com um, if you're part of one of our programs i'll just give it to you uh, but if not i will make sure that i put it in uh, the link here so so that is your that is what you're going to you know spend uh this this week you know doing right is is really uh, first doing a needs assessment who do we have in our organization who who are we looking for like what what you know, types of people what would your uh, qualifications be? What would their daily responsibilities, like what would winning look like in their job every day um, and, and how to apply? And if you don't have on uh, page 17 of your study guide is the assessments of the current leadership quality. So download a study guide. Um, even if you don't have the book, download a study guide on page uh, 17 and you can get those two sets of questions. All right, so let's move on to chapter four. I don't see any questions in the comments there. Um, but if you have a question, you can go ahead and, and you know, uh, drop it in, in the comments here, right? Or email me at tom at lbleaders.com and I'm happy to respond or give you resources that you're looking for. You know, and I did mention the uh, John Maxwell team and I've been a member for uh, seven years now and, and, and I would love to talk to you about, you know, joining the John Maxwell team. You can be a part of, of 40,000 that will grow to, I, I can guarantee you, 100,000 global leaders uh, who, who are able to, um, and it's not about you know, being able to teach John's uh, content. I mean, all that's great. But it's about being a, in a, a part of a global movement of you know, values-based, uh, you know, like-minded uh, people who are in for personal growth. And so what a great opportunity. So I would love to um, you know, introduce you uh, to the John Maxwell team and you know see if 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 that fits uh, for you no matter what you're doing whether you want to grow yourself grow your own organization um, or you know you know, grow your school use it for your own personal growth um, or start your own business like I did so all right so let's move on to chapter four so we're gonna just hit on this a little bit this this uh, chapter is about nurturing potential leaders and I've talked a lot about this over the first you know 30 minutes of, of uh, this call, right? So, you know, you know, you know, the first step is that, you know, a major, a, a leader's major responsibility is to model one, what great leadership looks like. Okay, what does great leadership look like? And so remember, the hardest person to lead in the world is me, right? He's, he's right here. <laughs> Not you leading me, but me leading me, you leading you, okay? You're the hardest person. Self-leadership uh, is, is, you know, certainly difficult. And so leaders not only uh, model the way, they show the way, they execute uh, the way, but if your walk doesn't match your talk, you're, you're not going to be able to lead many people. Okay, you're not going to be able to lead many people. Strong work ethic, uh, responsibility, 
character. This is where I really struggled my first uh, 10, 10 to 15 years as a professional, um, having a great, um, uh, just, you know, being a good person of integrity. I never realized how much that truly impacted my, my ability to um, advance as, as a professional. And if you're in some of our programs, maybe you've heard those stories. Uh, consistency, right? What I do every single day is what matters most. Uh, communication and belief in people. I mean, these, uh, there's eight of them here. These are, these are again, eight really awesome um, uh, pillars, qualities for you to take on yourself and really start to, um, you know, uh, self-assess uh, yourself. So as you're doing this, right, you need to choose a leadership model for yourself. So what do I do daily? Every day I read, every day I, you know, every day I do my Think 30, as I take, you know, 30 minutes to you know, journal and, and, and think and reflect about what's going well in my world and, and, and what's not and, you know, you know, what do I need to change? So every day I read, every day I listen. Um, you know, I listen to a podcast or I you know, listen to John or, you know, some other thought leader. Um, every day I ask questions. So whether it's my mentor or, you know, the people that I'm leading, um, ask them and get really, really curious. Um, you know, every day I create content and, and um, every day I work to add value to other people. Right? These are every single day. Now, I learned this model and I do this model with, you know, through the help of the John Maxwell team and the, the resources that I have uh, surrounded myself with over the last almost eight years now, as I've been very, very into the uh, uh, professional growth and personal growth. It's one of our core values here at Leaders uh, Building Leaders. Uh, two, so as you're nurturing potential leaders, the first thing you wanna do, choose a leadership model, right? One for you, and then you can start to build one for your organization. Two is you gotta build trust, okay? Trust is the single most important factor in building personal and professional relationships, people want to believe in and trust their leaders prior to following them, right? Trust is built day by day. It's the leader's responsibility to develop trust. You cannot determine how long it takes to build trust. You just need to do it, right? And you do that through, through your actions. Number three, show transparency. Great leaders recognize their errors, they learn from them, and they work to correct their faults. A leader who's willing to take responsibility for his or her actions and be honest and transparent will receive admiration, respect, and trust. And this is a place where I see, you know, leaders really, really struggle. They, they, they tend to struggle with being authentic and, you know, transparent when they mess up or when they don't know. But this is when you can really start to show uh, that you're learning just as much as your team is uh, through this process. Uh, number four, so uh, one was to choose a leadership model, two is to build trust, three is to show transparency, and four is offer time. Uh, people cannot be nurtured from a distance. They need planned time, not just a few words in passing. Time spent with a potential leader is an investment that yields a high return. And I just talked about this in a recent uh, podcast, um, Coach Him Up or Coach Him Out, about how you know, training, you, you know, you can't just train. Training only probably equates to like maybe a 20% uh, growth model. It's training plus, you know, coaching and plus repetition over time and, you know, follow up. And, and so this is a critical part of the process. And, and when, you, when you can um, uh, demonstrate, you know, time, you're really demonstrating love and value and caring for that, for that uh, person. And too many times, we try to microwave improvement, right? We have like a, a one-off, 
uh, the workshop at the beginning of the year where we bring a speaker in to try to light a fire or we show a five minute video or you know, we, we, we read the handbook. I mean, whatever it is, we do these things and just assume that somehow that's going to last when it only usually lasts, you know, one, one to two days. So there's a great Zig Ziglar quote. It's something to the fact that, um, <laughs> I'm going to get it wrong, but, uh, I don't know, something like everybody likes a clean uh, person. That's why I recommend, you know, bathing daily. It's kind of the same thing with, you know, growing. And I'll look for that quote and I'll send it back out because I butchered that one. <laughs> I'll look for a wrong one here. Yeah. Trying it daily, doing it daily. That's why I recommend doing it daily. And I recommend trying to grow daily, right? Because if you're not growing, you're dying. So, time, 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 time. And this is where it's so important that you learn how to prioritize and you learn to focus on spending your time on what's most important. And what's most important to your organization's success is your ability to develop other people, not your like ability to get all the paperwork done, right? Or answer all the emails or to have a clean inbox. That's not, that's not, that's not going to take your organization to the next level. In fact, I just finished reading the five love languages of the workplace. And that was, the, that was the number one misconception of leaders and managers. Out of 100,000 were um, interviewed, it was something like 51% uh, thought that they gave their employees enough time to you know, develop them in the feedback. And only 17% of employees actually responded that that was true. <laughs> we gotta give time, we gotta give feedback. This is what people want. They leave organizations you know, you know, because they don't trust the people anymore. They don't feel valued by people. They don't, it's not that they don't feel valued by the organization, they don't feel valued by other people, right? People don't leave organizations, people leave people. All right, so that's number four, offer your time. Number five, believe in people. When you believe in people, you motivate them and release their potential as their leader. See what your potential leaders can become, encourage them to grow, and believe that they will do it. And I can pretty much guarantee you, they're going to mess up multiple times. So did you. It's okay. Get over it. Get over yourself. Get over it. They're not lighting the school on fire. They're not, you know, creating massive issues. They're learning. They're learning. You've got to believe in them. You've got to show that you believe in them. You can't just take the work from them because they didn't get it right the first time. How dare you? Who do you think you are? Stop it. Right? And number six, give encouragement. Most people need encouragement. Encouragement helps leaders reach their potential and empowers them by giving them energy to continue when they make mistakes. Praise, thank, and motivate potential leaders anytime you can. And be specific with your praise. Tell them exactly what they did, right? You know, um, if you want, uh, you know, when I worked at the Charter Day School, it was the uh, three M's, man, uh, uh, motivate, manage, and mastery, right? And, you know, uh, motivation was, was, Praise the behavior you desire to see, and you're going to get more of it. <laughs> Guaranteed. Tell them exactly what they did, right? How they uh, followed through, uh, or how they executed on a plan, or how they really held, you know, held themselves, you know, held their image in a really tough you know, situation. Whatever it may be, uh, let them know that you're noticing the work, right? That you're noticing their growth uh, because they 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 may not see it. Right. You know, we usually don't see ourselves as a successful, except on rare occasions. So, and thanks again, wherever you're following us. So here's my little encouragement for you. Like, I love the fact that you're either taking the time to watch live or 
or to listen on an archive, and maybe you're taking some really great notes, but remember the most important thing, it's not necessarily what I say, right? It's what the thoughts that come through you. So make sure you capture those thoughts, capture those ideas. Um, so I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I believe in your dream. I wouldn't be doing this call otherwise if I didn't think that that, that you weren't you know, worth this time and um, that you weren't making a great impact. That's what our organization does. It's, it's for principals and school leaders to, to um, live a more empowered life, to create a greater impact on their community, to, to accelerate their, uh, their own personal growth um, and the growth of their teams. All right, so we are still working through uh, nurturing, right? Nurturing potential leaders. So we've got through six of them so far, and we've got seven left. So let's, so let's get going here. Exhibit consistency. Consistency breeds trust. When people know what to expect from you, it gives them confidence in your leadership. And, and so <laughs> I think the only thing consistent when I was a first two-year principal was that I was going to be inconsistent, that I was probably going to change my ideas and thoughts. And we had a lot of struggles because I didn't see the bigger picture. I wasn't able to communicate the bigger picture. So I saw the bigger picture, but I wasn't able to communicate it. And I wasn't able to help the team create you know, plans to get there. And that was such a big loss for me over my first couple of years. But once I started to get clear, right, and, and, and learn more uh, about how to effectively communicate to my team, I was a little bit, a little bit, a slightly more consistent, and I've, you know, gotten better over time. But you know, consistency is really, really important because um, that's what people lean on. Eight, uh, hold hope high. Hope, hope is the first step to improvement. Right, hope is the greatest. Um, gift that leaders can give to those around them. Hope lifts morale, it improves self-image, it raises people's expectations. To foster hope, to, to see the potential in every situation and stay positive despite any circumstances. That's what people need, especially right now. This is what they need from you, is hope. Number nine, add significance. People want to do work that matters. They want to feel that they've achieved, accomplished, and made a difference. So allow potential leaders to see the big picture and let them know how they're going to contribute in it. I used to love doing this. But hey, I, can, I know that you want to be an instructional coach. And so here's what we're going to do. I can see we're, you know, a leadership team where we've got you know, myself and a coach and a, you know, an assistant principal. So here's how. And I see you in that role. I see you in that coaching role. So here's what I want to start to do. Right? I want to start to build the schedule to make this happen. I want you to start to, you know, find ways that we can get you out of your uh, classroom and into other classrooms, right? So we can start to hit this, you know, ball. Like we just paint them in the picture of the future. The, when I was first hired out of the uh, school district into a uh, charter school, it was the leader painting a picture for me. I, I was an exceptional children's teacher and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be an exceptional children's um, uh, director. And uh, he said, oh, gosh, well, we're going to have 100 charter schools. And you could be the acceptance children's director of 100 schools. I was, I was all in. Where do I sign? I'll do it. Right? He painted me in the picture for the future. It didn't happen, right, because I had actually left for, like, another opportunity. But it was, it was that hope, right? It was that he, he, he um, instilled something into me. So um, 
Number 10, provide security. Great leaders create an environment where potential leaders feel secure. A potential leader who feels secure is more likely to take risks, break new ground, and succeed. One of the greatest things you could do, uh, my mentor talks about it all the time, is every Friday he used to have a failing meeting. What did you fail at this week? And if you didn't come to that meeting with something that you tried and it didn't work out, you were in trouble. Right now, he owned a uh, cleaning business, and he grew to be the largest cleaning business in all of Florida. And he was always looking for his team to, to you know, innovate and try something new and, and, and to really step outside their comfort zone. But he created a safe environment for people to be able to communicate what it is that they failed on during you know, that week, right? So that's you know, something I encourage you to do. Like, how are you creating a safe place, right? And this means you go first, and you, you have to talk about where you failed. Right, whether it's in a failed communication, a failed you know program, um, right, you know a failed meeting, whatever, um, just just be open and honest and uh, transparent about it. Okay. Number eleven, reward production. If you want leaders to produce, you have to reward production. People rise to the level of their expectations. So this is really really talking about you know you know what what would what would a win be? I've got to be clear. With my law of the school board, I, you know, I have to be clear with what, what results we're shooting for and what's the time frame. And when you're able to build measurable, measurable outcomes and, 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 and show that scoreboard, I mean, people love a scoreboard, right? I mean, everybody's been to a sporting event. They understand a scoreboard. Create a scoreboard, you know, based upon what you're trying to achieve. Maybe it's to, maybe it's, you know, to get, you know, 100 touches per week like 100 praise, you know, statements to your staff per week, or maybe it's to write, you know, 10, you know, positive post-it notes per week, or, you know, 50 a month, or whatever it is, like, what, like, what are you, you know, what are you striving to achieve, right? What, what do you know is going to bring your organization better results? And then how can you, how can you gamify it, in a sense, right? How can you really look at it, uh, you know, so, so, you know, people, um, are, are rewarded for production and motivated to uh, get those results. 12, establish a support system. Uh, gosh, nothing hurts morale more than asking people to do something and not giving them the resources or the autonomy to do it. Ugh. Man, people fail, leaders fail in this all the time. If you're going to give someone responsibility, you have to give them autonomy too. Every potential leader needs a support in these five areas. One, Emotional support, emotional support. They need a place where they can complain up, right? And there's someone to listen to and, 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 and you know, because leadership is hard and they're going to make mistakes and, and they're not going to have the experience at, over those first times to like overcome some of those areas. They're going to think that they're failures. You have to remind them that, no, 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 this is how we learn. The only thing we learn is just not to do it that way anymore. But they need an outlet. Um, you, as a leader, can never complain down. You gave up that right, right? And you can't have them complaining down. They bring their complaints to you, okay? So you have to give them a place. Two, skills training. Oh my gosh, don't put people in a position with responsibility and not train them. Don't give someone a position of coach if you haven't you know, uh, provided them coaching training. That should just be a law, <laughs> but it happens all the time. Good teachers get uh, promoted into coaches because they're the best and they just assume, oh, you make a great coach. Well, they always don't because they don't know how to coach. 
right? Get them the training that they need to be successful. You got someone running your power school or your finances or your technology, right? Or raising money. They need to be equipped in that area. See uh, money, right? They need money. They need to be paid for what the job entails. They need to be paid for what the job entails. Now, I just read that only, you know, oh, I think it was only 6%, 6% of employees that were in that uh, five love, love languages of the workplace study. Uh, this was a Gallup poll. Uh, only 6% of employees were actually motivated by money. But you certainly don't want to underpay someone who's, you know, doing a high level job, right? I think great employees are free. Um, equipment, uh, make sure they have what they need. Um, man, this happens in schools all the time. They love getting those free, those free subscriptions, right? Or they love the hand-me-downs. You know, the amount of time that it takes, right, for, for these makeshift leaders or these you know, leaders to use makeshift uh, programs is not, is not worth it. <laughs> Invest in the right equipment invest in the right training. And I'm telling you, you your, your results are going to accelerate when you remove this poverty mindset that we have in education. We have to, we have to get rid of it. And then E, uh, personnel. Um, you know, people, nobody should be supervising more than 12 to 15 people. And so you, you build, put teams under your leaders. Give them, give them individuals to, to help you know, develop. Now, if you're the head of your organization, obviously you know, you're responsible for everybody's evaluation, but it doesn't mean you have to do every hour of it. <laughs> Let other people develop and multiply leadership. So that's a big one, establish a support system. And then uh, number 13, finally, discern and personalize the potential leaders at journey. If you want to build long-term connections with your uh, potential leaders, a great leader discerns where the potential leader is knows where he or she is supposed to go and gives him or her what they need to get there, right? It's a here to there journey. Like you're like, well, hey, this is where you're going and this is where you're at. So I'm gonna close this gap. I'm gonna close this gap with support and skills training. I'm gonna make sure you get paid for it and we're gonna make sure you get the right, uh, the right equipment and we're gonna put some people around you so you can get it done so you don't get burned out, right? I mean, it's the here to there process. It's the here to there process. So, you know, while you might not be able to do this with everyone in your organization, you can work with the most promising 20%, right? That 20% of your potential leaders is where you need to spend 80% of your time. This is a really, really important step in your, in your leadership, okay? So, there's a couple of applications here that I want you just to think through. One is to make sure you have a mentor for yourself. If you're a leader of an organization and you don't have a mentor, right? Whether it's you know someone um, that's you, you know has been mentoring you for years, you need someone where you can go to often, a confidant, someone who can, uh, with care and candor, give you sound advice uh, to hold you accountable, to help you grow, um, right? That's you know that's you know something we do um, as a company is we you know, mentor principals, um, but I do believe that mentors need to be chosen. They're not, um, they're not assigned. Mentors are not assigned. You choose your mentors, right? So um, if you're looking for a mentor, uh, you know, it's, and if there's a good alignment, 
I'd be happy to do it. You know, I'd be happy to help you. But, but you know, you know, make sure you've got a mentor for yourself, and you really need a mentor in all areas of your life. I have a mentor for, for my health, for my wealth, for my relationships, for you know, being a dad, um, a husband, uh, in my faith. I mean, I have different mentors for all areas that I go to to ask them, ask them uh, questions, right, about how how I can be better, and so. To be a good mentee, right? To be a good mentee, it's your job to bring to bring the uh, questions to the table, right? So as you're growing as a leader and you've you've got a mentor, right? You you bring them, you know, questions. You clarify your level of expectations, right? You 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 ask the questions, right? Heed the advice and then take action. And then your next meeting, you tell the mentor what you did, how it went. And what you're doing differently now uh, because of it, and now I've got more questions, right? That's how you get your mentor engaged is where you actually show him or her, hey, I'm a good listener, I'm learning, I'm learning from you, can I learn some more? That's what, that's what you want uh, to do. So, because the mentor, it just loves, they would just love hearing um, the uh, success. Um, and then your other part. So one is to establish, make sure you've got a mentor, someone who you can lean on, um, right, who can who can help you uh, grow as a leader and someone you can trust and talk to. And then the next piece is to establish a system that nurtures uh, potential leaders. So you've got you should have your own personal growth model in place. If you don't, happy to help you develop one. Happy to be part of it. Uh, and then two is to establish a system that's going to nurture and uh, and produce leaders in your organization. And it really makes me think of. Uh, you know, John Maxwell's um, uh, uh, The Law of Growth, The Laws of Growth, you know, The Law of Environment, and to, and to create a growth environment where, you know, people are ahead of you, um, where, where, you know, you're being stretched, that's, that, that the atmosphere is affirming. And so I'll make sure that I send it back out on the every place, but it's a great, uh, you know, list, right? But, but you've got some significant lists here in this, in this, um, in this book, and we've, we've done a lot of a lot of work here. So hopefully take, take your study guide, uh, make sure you're working through pages 21 through 25. These are the reflection application questions. This is the only way that you're going to improve. You're not going to necessarily improve by listening to me. It will help you a little bit. You're going to improve by going through the, the uh, reflection questions here that are in the study guide and then taking action on them. Take the time to work through them. Take the time to reflect and think on them. Bring your team in on them, and then and then create an action plan because uh, this is going to be a really really um, important piece. So those last couple of pages of, of this uh, chapter four in the study guide are those exact you know thirteen uh, pieces to uh, create a nurturing uh, leadership development environment uh, in your organization uh, that you can put into play. So, woo. I hope that added value to you. We've talked about a lot of pieces, so let's just finish up here. Number one, if this added value to you, right, be sure that you are working through this workbook. And it doesn't matter if you're not caught up with the reading and if you're not, make sure you're working through the workbook. This is going to give you the best return on investment is working through the study guide, okay? Um, wherever you are listening to this, give us a comment or a like, um, rate us, right? If, if we were good, you know, if I was good, I would love a four or five. If I was bad, give me a one, but tell me why, because I, I too am looking for growth and I'm looking, 
I'm looking to grow and I'm looking for feedback. So uh, make sure you're working through the workbook. Wherever you're listening to this, you know, call, I would love some feedback. So either drop a comment in the box or email me at tom at lvleaders.com. Something I said or like, hey, I'm looking for this resource and I can't find it. Or do you have this? We would love to help you. Um, so you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. That's for leadersbuildingleaders.com, lbleaders.com. And click on the button in the top right-hand corner. You can schedule a quick call or just email me. E email me your question. And uh, I would love to help and support your personal and professional growth and your ability. So some resources that I'll share out, look for it in the comments. One is, is, is how to get the study guide if you don't have it. And also, um, you know, the assessments that are in the study guide. And, and two, our um, hiring kit, our uh, steps to um, hiring. Uh, you know, we've got that archive webinar that's part of our Principal Leadership Academy. And I would love to love to give that to you. And I'll make sure I put that in the comments too. So like, share, subscribe, rate us, let us know how we did. I believe in you. I, uh, I believe in your dreams so much. You are changing the world. And I'm really excited to be just a very, very small part of this uh, change your world journey uh, with you. Uh, next week, we will work through chapters five and six. Uh, so see you on the call then. Bye-bye. Hey leaders, before you go, I just wanted to remind you about an upcoming event that we have. It's our Live to Lead annual leadership simulcast. This Live to Lead event is going to bring the best thought leaders into your conference room, into your living room, wherever you want to watch this upcoming session. You're going to hear from five world-class communicators, leaders, thought leaders, thinking partners, uh, strategists who, who are impacting and influencing tens of thousands of people around the globe every day. And we're going to give you a chance to learn from them directly. So go to our website at lbleaders at lbleaders.com. That's lbleaders.com. And at the very top, you're going to see an invitation for you and your team to buy your ticket to live to lead. You're going to have an extraordinary uh, time. Bring your team. You're going to feel uh, inspired, refreshed, and renewed. And early bird uh, ticket prices are closing soon. So go get your leader pass right now and take your team to the next level on October 8th.